Welcome to Rotation. I'm Jake Nissy here with Mason Lee. Mason, I hear you have a bit of a grievance to air I on do. the episode today. I do. Listen, I am eternally grateful for Spotify for hosting this podcast and in part sponsoring us. Uh, if you've yeah. listened to the ad, I don't understand how Spotify works. What, what does that even mean? I don't want to name drop other companies or other platforms, but I haven't always used Spotify to listen to music, and that's changing. Right. But as I sort of integrate myself in Spotify's user interface, I find myself confused very often. And this leads into what I'm listening to. Noah Khan, one of my favorite artists of all time, dropped a Spotify single. Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen Action Bronson do them, kind of like, uh, you know, covers and, and whatnot of, you know, uh, unofficial versions of, of songs totally. usually done like that. Yeah. Very cool. Very innovative. Incredible marketing design because it got me on Spotify. It's called If We Were Vampires. Okay. Every time I click the song, it doesn't play. That's and, I, and, and I'm starting to understand it. First, it was because I was not a premium subscriber. I'm now a premium subscriber, and I'm happy to be that. Congratulations. Premium subscriber, Mason. Um, but I found that the shuffling of music, the creation of playlists, I, I, maybe I'm just so like Apple-pilled <laughs> that I don't understand how other platforms uh, work. That's been my gripe for the day, but... Um, as we do start most of these episodes, I figured that was a good way to tell you that that's what I've been listening to. I mean, maybe to. just update the app. I feel like... What have you been listening to, Jake? So, my uh, one of my favorite artists ever, John Bellion, had his handprints all over the Jonas Brothers album. You know, John, John Bellion someone that I've listened to since, like, high school. All my, mm-hmm. all my high school friends and I um, just love the guy. Um, and, yeah, his sort of influences all over the Jonas Brothers album. I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's, you know, it's like a transcendent album, Mm -hmm. but there's some really good songs on it. And I think there's definitely things and small elements that you see with like the drum patterns or just the production that seem definitely elevated from what you would normally think of a Mm -hmm. Jonas Brothers album. So, you know, my give it a chance. Baseline assumption of the Jonas Brothers was pretty high. Yeah, I'm a fan. All right, yeah, there's one for everyone too, which is the great thing about one them. for everyone. New Jersey natives, what's, yeah. what's not to love? I've had three separate people swear to God this week tell me they saw the Jonas Brothers out. They're I believe it. They're something's out. going on they're in Manhattan out. with the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, um, they're out here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest this week? Yeah, we've got Olympic figure skater Jason Brown. Jason is a 2014 bronze medalist, and beyond that, just you know, a guy that we really we're interested in talking to because of figure skating sort of role with music, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about basketball, you know, having music during the game or stuff like that, but figure skating, you know, part of your, you know, potentially part of how you end up doing is the song that you choose and your relationship to that song. Totally. Um, and, and what that performance ends up being like. So we wanted to kind of talk to him, pick his brain as someone that's very accomplished in that field. And, uh, yeah, see what he kind of had to say. I think the confluence of music and sport makes it a rotation premium. Premium, yeah. Episode 8, let's run it. All right, we're here with Olympic figure skater Jason Brown. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good, good. It's it's Sunday. We're, we're taping this on Mother's Day, so I uh, I moved back. I had to move back a brunch for this for this interview. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, and a yes. quick shout out to my mom, Judy Lieb, who raised me 
so well Absolutely. across the country in Los Angeles Absolutely. right now. Lord Nissi, I'll see you in a couple hours. Thank you for uh, thanks everyone for uh, accommodating my uh, my uh, schedule with this. But anyways, Jason, before we get into some specifics about you know your career and, and figure skating, can you just tell us how music kind of just plays into figure skating and how that all kind of works together? Yeah, honestly, mu- music is like the center, most integral part of our sport. Um, it's one of the really, we're very fortunate in the sport of figure skating where it's this blend of athleticism and artistry. And that all revolves around the programs that we put together, which are to music. So it's all about being able to connect to the piece of music, to perform it, uh, to really draw in an audience. Uh, and I mean, for me personally, I fell in love with the sport of figure skating by watching it. Um, as a kid, I got, I got to, my parents took me to a figure skating show and like just seeing kids at the time, I guess they were, <laughs> I, I guess they're not kids, but for me, um, seeing them perform and seeing these skaters out on the ice, uh, skating to music, expressing themselves. That's what drew me into the sport. That's what like I wanted to be part of that world. I wanted to, uh, skate to music and move an audience the way that they moved me. We're, we're going to ask you a little bit later about how you kind of choose songs and whatnot, but has there been a situation where you were just like not kind of vibing with the song that you were working with or? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, it's a, it's a situation that I don't think any skater hopes to ever be in, but you know, so often we, try to be as coachable as, as we can and as moldable as possible. So yeah, sometimes like we'll get a piece of music and we're like, okay, it's going to grow on us. It's going to grow on us. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it does not. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, Jake hinted towards me asking this question, but I'm going to do it now anyways. What Can you walk us through just sort of the, the process of curating your music for a competition? When does that start? Um, and, 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 you know, when is the decision finalized and, and, and what are you sort of looking for in the music you choose? Yeah. So typically uh, we're always as, as figure skaters, we're always looking for music. Um, there's never kind of, you know, especially uh, there's that point of the season ends around end of March, beginning of April. So that's, you know, when everyone's really invested in trying to find music, but the process is just like an all year situation. You're always kind of trying to think what's the next program, whether it's competitive or exhibition for shows, you're always searching you and your choreographer. And it it definitely varies. For me, sometimes I start with what's the feeling that I want to bring to the ice. I've kind of gone through periods of time where I almost look at the programs that I skate to as like a mix of like, kind of like therapeutic, like as therapy, like, ugh, like I'm feeling really angry about a situation and I want to skate to something that can like let that emotion out and work through that. Sometimes um, it's always, you know, sometimes I just really want to do something emotional uh, and kind of express myself that way. And so we start with kind of the emotion we want to go to and then we pick. Sometimes it's, oh my God, I want to do this style of music. I've never done something I've never done a Latin program or I really want to do a hip hop routine or, and you do it that way and you start looking through the genre. Um, And other times it's just like, you know, throwing (laughs) things at a wall and hoping one sticks, you know, and just kind of putting out music from, you know, any type of genre um, or theme and seeing what you connect to. So uh, it's, there's such, it varies so drastically on the approach. 
and and just sort of in that same vein, I'm wondering like what your relationship is to music as as a person, not necessarily as a skater. Are you is it the same genre of music that you're listening to? Do do you is your head sort of always in skater mode when you're listening to music? What's that like? No, that's a great question. I mean, I definitely, I always laugh because when I hear pieces of music, I'm always like, huh, can I bring this to the ice? So there definitely is that mentality. But I think for me, listening to music in my own personal life is like trying to match the mood that I'm striving for. So sometimes it's like if I'm in a really positive, upbeat mood, I might want to listen to music that correlates with that emotion. Uh, Other times, like if I'm really nervous for an event or really stressed, I'll like turn on like sometimes really sad, emotional, slow songs to kind of calm me down and to like help me breathe. Uh, Sometimes if I'm exhausted, I might actually turn on music that really gets me going. So it's it's definitely, it changes drastically. in that capacity but I almost like use it as uh, a way to either pump me up or calm me down or get me into a kind of a certain state of mind there you go and, and just um, when you're listening to this music the age-old debate yeah this is something we were just talking about right before you came on the zoom um, Spotify or Apple and we, we do stream on both and, and so you're not we're not gonna we're gonna no. offend somebody yeah. here but hopefully they're not listening <laughs> As long as you don't say title, then uh... <laughs> I do not have a Spotify account. It w- it would be funny to imagine you kind of uh, scrolling the the mood playlists on Spotify <laughs> with your coach, like yeah. rap caviar, <laughs> <laughs> like before the Olympics or something. I've I've done it. I've done not on my obviously I don't have it, but my like I obviously have my coaches and uh, other people on my kind of my skating team uh, has Spotify obviously and so we do we do that sometimes we like make playlists we like constantly are like this is the mood and then like we'll play things randomly and just like let it play as i skate i feel like there's got to be someone at a u.s skating that can get you a a spotify (laughs) plug if if you ask maybe this is your chance yeah Yeah. i I could also make an account (laughs) you've been skating since you were three and a half is that correct Mm -hmm. so that's a that's an incredibly long time first of all um how has your relationship with music changed like in that time because i imagine you know obviously you've tastes at different points of life but yeah how has that sort of shifted no it's it's definitely shifted a ton obviously since three years old when i was younger you know like i said at the beginning of the interview i i fell in love with the sport after watching a show you know a skating show and i just like like fell in love with the fact that these uh, athletes on the ice were expressing themselves through movement and music and I was just like wow like I want to be able to do that and growing up it was definitely my relationship with music was what my coach and my choreographer decided it was you know as as a young kid it was um, here's your program here's the choreography and it was kind of like I was just trying to be you know, I just did what they told me. So it wasn't really like I had a, I don't want to say I didn't have a choice exactly, but I did what they said. So my relationship was, okay, we're going to try this. Great. And so I was like learning a new style or skating to a new piece of music. And then the next year we would mix up and do a different type of style and skate to a different piece of music. Um, In skating, uh, we generally pick one, we have two programs, but we'll do, uh, you know, those two programs for the entire year. 
and work on them. And then the next year will come and or the next season and we do two new programs. So I always just kept almost like my, you know, the plethora of programs that I was doing and the backlog kind of kept growing and growing. And so as I became more of a teenager, more of an adult, I started to kind of figure out what music do I actually connect to the most? What do I love to skate to? What movement styles um, really move me? And so I kind of got more and more of a voice moving forward. Um, but as I was a kid, it was much more of like, we kind of explored everything uh, to kind of almost find my identity when it came to music and expression. For sure. I mean, I feel like the constant there has got to be, whether you're five years old or 30 you've got to be sick of a song if you're listening to it for a year straight like <laughs> my mom my parents always laugh because they will always say like the the music that the skaters cho cho like choose that you train with is like almost more important than like if you enjoy training <laughs> they're like hey, you will be hearing that music and the kids like the other skaters and their music for an entire year every single day you're like that is <laughs> they're like <laughs> yes it, it plays a big role and uh you definitely want to you know it makes a big difference when you're at a rink where you're, you like the music that <laughs> the skaters have chosen yeah because i mean if i go to like a workout class or something and the guy does the same playlist every time and that's like once a week i notice that so i can't even imagine for like a whole year oh yeah so something that a lot of people might not know um i didn't know this until recently but there's sort of a distinction between lyrical and non-lyrical music and figure skating um i know that you've done programs to to both to both types of music yeah. do you have a preference like what's how do you kind of feel about lyrics non-lyrics like how, how does that feel for you yeah so it was really kind of crazy it wasn't until you know kind of middle of my career that the rules actually changed before we weren't allowed to have lyrics at all and then you know, I think in an attempt to make it a more mainstream, you know, more uh, audience friendly, I guess, sport, they kind of were like, okay, let's add lyrics and see if that can draw in more, um, more people and make the sport a little bit more relatable and more current. And it's been interesting to see how people use, use it and the way that it does impact the sport. Uh, growing up, obviously without lyrics I think it makes you really tap into the emotion and you have to create your own story kind of in your performance and so there was a little bit more uh a little bit more I guess creativity involved because you were really kind of creating you know even if you have a song um you know people could interpret that piece of music without lyrics so many different ways um, and so each program was really about creating your own story where when you add the lyrics, it's much more people know what the song's about. People know, you know, so it, you can obviously always skate it differently, but the kind of the, the structure is already there in a, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and what obviously the meaning behind it is there. So uh, it is different that way. And I think it does make it, slightly easier for skaters to connect to and I think it makes it easier for the audience to understand um but I do think that if you're you have choreographers that really just push you in different directions I think they're both uh they are both great and they both have their pros and cons 
but I have, like you said, I have used both now and I really do love, you know, I think it just opens up the world of possibilities um, even more because we have obviously the option to do, you know, a non-lyrical and we have the option to do lyrics. So it's almost like the, the possibilities have expanded versus you're not taking something away. Uh, so in that way, it's been good. Just for, for like a reference point here for people who might not be as familiar with the sport, just like how transformative what the, 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 uh, the synonym that I gave to Jake before it was like, maybe it was like adding the three point line in basketball, like how, <laughs> how transformative was lyrics, uh, to the sport? Was it like it changed the complexion of the game or is it just a minor addition? I mean, being that you've seen both. I think it was huge. I do think it was really big because I think it opened up, you know, it gave people that may not have been as, you know, I don't want to call it artistic, but as the ability to connect to a piece of music that maybe, you know, they weren't initially connected to. You know, I think when you, you know, you guys obviously know and with talking to a bunch of people, how important music is and connecting to a piece of music. And so I think it just widened the opportunity that skaters and, you know, athletes in general can skate to any piece of music mm -hmm. and can skate to anything that they connect to or any story or any artist. And I think that's a key component in our sport is connecting to a piece of music because you really want to sell that performance to the judges, to the audience. You want to connect. And so I think it made it easier for athletes to connect to pieces of music. So I do think it was very transformative in that in that realm. I mean, you're you're speaking about this rule sort of very positively, how it's opened up all these doors and kind of positively impacted the sport. Um, there's got to be exa an example of just an egregious use of a song that 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 that, <laughs> that you've seen. Like, what the hell is this? That's also no, no, very, very true. You've definitely, there have been many, many misses. Um, 100%. I mean, I think, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to name drop, which, which is fair. <laughs> you could, you could look it up and see a lot of people just, you know. Any, any song names without naming the. You know, it all depends on how people cut the music too. You know, sometimes you have a piece of music that you love. We have. You know, our short programs are a little under three minutes. Our long programs, you know, just about four. Um, and so it's like also depending on how people cut the music can be good or bad, the way they mix it with another piece of music. Um, they can be hit or miss the meanings behind the, the music. You know, I always, my parents and I, you know, sometimes, you know, skating is a very international sport. And so sometimes it's really fascinating to see what other people from other countries, you know, including the people from the U.S., um, and how we can sometimes pick uh, pieces of music that are, uh, you know, different from different cultures and different um, languages. And like, sometimes we were watching a program and we're like, do they know what the lyrics mean? Like, do they, not that it's like, whether the program's good or not, you're sometimes they're like, wait, do they, <laughs> do they know what this song's about? Like, are they sure, like, you know, they might be portraying a certain type of emotion out there, but then the lyrics are something totally different or like the meaning behind the song. You know, I think so often you guys obviously know this as well. It's like sometimes you'll be singing along to a song and like you don't think about the lyrics, but you're just like, this is such a good song and you're jamming out and you like love it. And then like when you actually sit back and like 
like, you know, either whether you reading, you're reading the lyrics or you actually start to think about, wait, what is the song? Wait, what are the innu innuendos that are actually being made? Like that happens like in skating when you're like, I don't know if they're aware of what, <laughs> of what the song is about. Jake and I are big uh, Ice Ice Spice fans, and so we feel that um, oftentimes when we're singing along to Ice Spice, there's a, there's a lot more depth there than people realize. Yeah, um, yeah. What yeah. what do you what do you like to listen to just off the ice? Like, who are your favorite artists? Oh my gosh, I I mean I have to say I do love the Top Forty. Like I just love like that's to be completely honest, that's what's being played played in the rink the most. Okay, is always like growing up was always Top Forty music. Um which I love. Um, you know, I think it's it definitely, like I said, it depends on my mood uh, in terms of, like, what I want to showcase. But it's such a wide range. Like, right now, my, my show programs, like, range from, like, I'm doing a Backstreet Boys medley to, like, doing, like, a, a Josh Groban very, you know, musical, lyrical piece. So, I mean, it's, like, I try very hard to always kind of push the limits um, on kind of what I'm listening to, Um and kind of, uh, I just always am always, always like trying to expand my musical taste. Mm -hmm. Just, just to go back to the lyrics conversation for a second. Are there like old timers in the sport that are like, you know, back in my day, we did it without lyrics. Like, is that, <laughs> is that something that exists in the skating world? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the sports change so drastically. Um, and I think it's, it's difficult, you know, for, uh, you know, for, for at least for, like, I never even got to compete in the 6.0 system. And like, I'm jealous because I just was like, oh, I really want to know what that's like. like. I want someone to like hold up a number, see a score like that. It's, you know, it's it's changed so drastically and the rules have shifted and the way that it, you know, there's been a lot of great changes and a lot of changes that, you know, need some work and that are kind of trying to, you know, you're constantly trying to figure out, do they help the sport, hurt the sport? Um, including exactly, you know, what we're talking about now about the music, um, was one of those things to try to make it mainstream. Did it help? Did it not help? I think it's still, um, there's still that debate. Um, but, uh, obviously as an athlete who's involved it, like who's currently competing, I always try to see like whatever, um, rules are now in place. I'm like, okay, how do I best adapt and, you know, make the most of this change? Yeah. So speaking of change, you're on the stars on our stars on ice tour right now right yeah so i mean what has that kind of been like i read a quote from you uh sort of talking about how you had your blinders on sort of on the previous olympics and just kind of putting all of your efforts into that um and it seems like you're sort of taking a little bit more of like a, a well-rounded approach now to sort of you know i'm not sure what your plans are for 2026 but sort of you know trying to maybe enjoy your skating a little bit more um what has it been like kind of doing tours and, and how, how different is that from competing? Yeah. You know what? It's been really awesome. The past year, I really took advantage of just traveling and doing as many shows as possible, which has been so much fun. Um, just being able to be out on the ice, connecting with people and connecting with a different group of people each night is amazing. And touring with a bunch of the, you know, a bunch of the skaters that I grew up you know, skating with or competing alongside. Um, it's really fun. The energy obviously is very different in competitions. Like you mentioned, is, I was very focused, blinders up. You know, you have a job to get done. Um, 
and it shows, you know, still, obviously it's work. You're, you're doing a job, you're hired to perform. Um, and I want to, you know, I look at every single time I step onto that ice for these, comp- for these uh, shows as almost like an audition, like hoping to get hired for the next one. Um, and I want to make sure I do the best that I possibly can for, you know, the audience and, you know, they're paying to come watch you skate. So it's really important that I put out the best, uh, you know, that I can, but at the same time, um, there is that ability to kind of remove the blinders to, to really perform the, the rules aren't there. The structure, um, of what like needs to be done in a competition isn't there. You're not being judged, uh, by a panel of judges who are looking at how well, or did you hit every movement and, um, hit every position. And so that part, you know, obviously just opens up the range of what is possible in show programs. And, uh, you know, the ability, you know, when we compete, we have maybe six to 10 events in the entire year. Uh, We're like getting to do shows, you know, this tour that I'm on, uh, it's a three-part tour and it's 30 shows. So, I mean, like that is already, it like triples the amount of times that I got to perform with in a year just this one tour i feel like it would almost like re- reduce your nerves a little bit if 100 percent. i mean you're always nervous but it definitely makes it you know how to manage it you have more experiences to kind of lean on um and so you know this year i decided uh kind of mid-season that i was going to compete a little bit more and so or this past year so the only international competition i did was the world championships and so i just you know i i after nationals I made the team and I showed up at the world championships and it's kind of exactly what you said you know the nerves were there but I was just like so much more comfortable in front of the crowd and so much more relaxed and kind of okay it's another performance let's go how does your music um choices differ between tour and competition are you going for the same thing is there a like can you afford to do something a little bit more creative or edgy on or are you even choosing? Like, is it? Is yeah, it, is it decided by by the, the event host? Yeah, yeah. A little bit of both, to be honest. Um, so sometimes, you know, I def at the beginning of the year we create those uh, show programs. Uh, I mean, we do create we create the show programs and we create our competition programs. And sometimes, actually, the show programs that we choose ended up becoming com- competitive programs, depending if like, oh my god, we really liked it, or wow, it hit really well in the show. Like, let's kind of turn it into a competitive program um, or vice versa. And uh, it is it is definitely different. So sometimes it's about a mood that you want to put on um, and you want to display. Sometimes it is, I done, I've done shows um, where the organization or the show putting it on is like, here's the music you're going to skate to. Um, sometimes we skate to live music. So they're like, here's the track that we, you know, the, the performer is going to sing. Uh, and so, and which I, I genuinely love that too, because sometimes, you know, you're, you get put with a piece of music that you would have never thought to skate to yourself. And so it gets you outside of kind of even your own box. And so it definitely varies. Uh, but, uh, I really love, you know, the, the structure of competition is still structured. So I love the fact that you can look at a show and really be as creative and, and make it as kind of different uh as you want um and you know the, obviously having no rules that way you have a little bit more of that creativity um pe- like that piece to tap into and to try uh different things for the uninitiated um yeah. is it a little bit more like 
interactive with fans? Like, obviously, you're not being scored, I'm guessing. How does that how does that kind of play out, that experience for people that go? Yeah, absolutely. Shows are much more interactive with fans, much more. You have that ability. You have the time, too. You know, you, you know, are in a show program of, you know, even if you're looking at a, our, you know, our short program and a show program might be the same length. And in a short program, you have, you know, seven to nine elements that you have to get in within that time frame. where a show, show program, you can do whatever you want, you know, so you have a lot more time to play, to look at the audience, to interact with them. You know, you don't have the stress of, oh my God, I need to get all these elements in. Let's, you know, it's, it's more of like, boom, 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 boom. Make sure uh, we hit them all. We get it with the music. Right. Uh, you don't run out of time basically as you're choreographing it where, um, yeah, it does make, uh, it is really nice. But I have to say, you know, going back to what we said a little earlier is being able to do so many more shows uh, have really helped me kind of blend a little bit more of that show skating into the competitive circle. Definitely. We're going to take a very quick break to tell you about a very special promotion for Rotation listeners. All right, your promotional code for Mr. Throwback this week is playoffs. It's NBA playoff season. Shouldn't be hard to remember. You go to Mr. Throwback on East 9th Street in the East Village, or if you're not in New York, www.mrthrowback.com. Use the code playoffs and get 10% off all merchandise. It's the coolest sports vintage gear you're going to find anywhere. Uh, So make sure you use the code playoffs and get yourself that discount. Jason, we happen to know through just the the wonder that is the internet that just like us, you were bar mitzvahed. Yeah. Trivers. Yeah. What? Um, what was playing at your bar mitzvah? Yeah. Like, what was your bar, us... bar mitzvah mixtape? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Uh, that is amazing. Do you know your walkout uh, song at the party? We had all the older music for my parents because, like, as you know, we have the classic. Um, I feel like every time we touch was like the big song then. Do you remember that song? Still here, you're and everyone got like really excited as it built. Um <laughs> that was like the big, big, what, big song. What was the walkout? Uh, Mason Mason brought up a good point. That's that's the number one uh question. Do you remember your walkout song at the party? Did you even do that? <laughs> I was so pr- I was so proud of mine. That's a good question. Walkout yeah. song. Oh my god. And okay, fine. If you don't remember, what would it be now? I'm embarrassed to to have no idea. <laughs> uh, I probably would do like something really fun and upbeat, like "Can't Stop the Feeling," like just something like, yeah, like think, just yeah. energetic and bubbly and good for all ages. I was I was very insistent on coming out to uh, "My Time" by Fabulous featuring oh, Jeremiah. Which was, uh, I think it's aged well, but it's it's a bit self serious for a thirteen year old who obviously did not pay for that party or anything there. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. What was yours? I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to remember what mine was. Um, I for some reason I think I did. I don't know what you heard about me by Fifty Cent. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now I want to watch back. I want to go back and watch the video. Like yeah, now, I, I want to like know. What did I walk out to? We'll leave you with one last question. Um, 
what, unless Jake has anything to jump in before I say it, what is one thing that you want the world or the country or, you know, this larger sports community to know about figure skating? Oh, that is a great question. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's a really hard sport. You know, obviously when we're out there, we try to make it look as easy and effortless as possible, but it is a tough sport. And I think it's such a beautiful blend of artistry and athleticism that, you know, I hope that it is a, you know, it's also a sport that, you know, I want viewers to be able to sit back, relax, and just enjoy. Um, And I just, I think that's something that I really want people to know. I also want them to know, like, it is very different watching a skating event live than it is on TV. You do not get the same, or even in a show, you do not get the same, you know, understanding of the speed and the, you know, when obviously with the camera following you, it's you're always center screen. So you don't see how fast we're going and how, you know, it, you're always coming from different angles. So I think, you know, as a viewer, if you have the opportunity, go to an event live. Uh, it's, you know, even with the music that we were talking about, it, it does create such a different scene and environment when you're there witnessing it in person. But for anyone watching it at home, I just, you know, I think it's, it's something that I hope you guys can sit back and just enjoy the pure um, beauty and athleticism of our sport. Um, yeah. So yeah, if definitely. you see it on TV, don't click away. Don't change the channel. Yeah, I definitely think it's one of those sports that people kind of don't think about a ton until the Olympics roll around. But there's obviously there's obviously so much. Yeah, there's obviously so much interesting you know, aspects of it and yeah. And let alone years of preparation leading up to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah if you're listening to this, go, go see Jason on tour. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Please. Or, you know, follow along anyway, whether it's through yeah. social media to follow along on the sport or through events, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions and things that people will say is like, what have you been doing in the past, you know, three years between, you know, that aren't Olympic years. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, there's like, you know, it's like, we don't, like, we have competitions all year. It's like, you know, world championships each year, nationals every year. It's not, um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on. So yeah, there's definitely that concept, that misconception of like, oh, it's like an every four year sport. No, no, no. We're, we're grinding away nonstop. Trade uh, insurance during the day for yeah, four years right. and then show up at the Olympics. <laughs> um, Jason, thank you so much for uh, for speaking with us, taking the time. Is there anything else you want to plug other than the tour? Like people, you know, anything you want to, yeah, floor is yours. Oh, my gosh. I just want to honestly just say thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, best of luck with your podcast. Thank you. It sounds amazing. It seems so great. I think I, I like, I love the concept of blending in music is, you know, it's so integral in all of our lives. So, um, no, it's just really exciting and. Jason, thanks so much again. Have a a great Mother's Day and uh, enjoy Calgary. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, you guys. All right. Later, Jason. All right. Bye, Jason. There you have it. Jason Brown. What a guy. Awesome interview. Love talking to him, learning about figure skating and uh, hearing about what was played at his bar mitzvah? And uh, yeah, I was going to say our first recorded uh, member Jew- of the Jewish faith. Yeah. 
um, which is always to always many, to many more to many more exactly. Um, <laughs> there you have it, guys. That's episode eight of rotation. Make sure you use your Mister Throwback code this week. It's playoffs. Get ten percent off all gear all week long. We'll get you with a new code on our next episode. Thanks for listening.